Welcome to LifeWords Day by Day. We are a week away from Resurrection Sunday. So for the next couple of days, I want us to spend some time looking at the events that lead up to the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So let's look at Luke chapter 23. Jesus had spent the night before being pushed, punched, and spit upon. Walking mile after mile from Pilate's home to Herod's and then back to Pilate's, he had been flogged. Flogging was a type of physical punishment where soldiers would strip you down to bare minimum, tie your hands above your head to a post, stretching out your back and exposing your hamstrings and your thighs. And history tells us that two soldiers would stand on either side of you with a whip made of lead balls and fragments of bone. And that whip was designed to pound your flesh, tearing into it. And then the soldiers would rip it across your back. Some men didn't even survive this before being let out to be crucified. They mockingly put a purple robe on his back. They took a long vine of thorns, carefully twisted it into the shape of a crown, and then pressed it onto the head of Jesus. And then they cracked their rods against his head, shoving that crown of thorns deeper into his head, farther down on his face. And after this, they laid the crossbeam of the cross upon his freshly exposed back, forced him to walk to the place of the skull. The road to the skull was lined with some people mocking him and some mourning him. The hammers had just been swung, driving the nails through the wrists and the feet of Jesus, causing unspeakable pain. No doubt, agonizing screams filled the sky. He was lifted up, suspended naked in front of everyone who wanted to come and toss a verbal slap across his face. In the midst of all that undeserved pain and blasphemy and torture and mocking, Jesus speaks. And these words are not words of hate or ridicule or injustice. They are words rooted deep in the core of Jesus' heart. And through these words, the supernatural character of Jesus Christ is revealed. Jesus presses out three of the most shocking words. Father, forgive them. The pain of the past, the torture of the present, could not keep him from appealing to his Father on behalf of others. But why? Why in this moment is Jesus praying for others? No one would criticize Jesus one iota for being consumed with himself in this moment. While the iron was ripping through his flesh, he was praying for others. While the cross dropped into the hole and jarred his whole body frame, causing his body to bounce on the very nails that fastened him to the cross, he was praying for others. Many of us resort to prayer as a last-ditch effort in the darkest of hours. So it may come as no surprise that Jesus was praying. But Jesus is not pressing out prayers as a last-ditch effort to escape. Rather, he's praying because that's what he is in the habit of doing. His life was marked by long seasons of prayer through the night watches. And now we come to the heart of the prayer. The prayer itself causes us to do a double take. Forgive them? With these two words, we see Jesus, while hanging on the cross, committed to the end, to the purpose of his life. The purpose of his life was to provide the most needed thing for us. The purpose of his life was to bring glory to God and to give us the ultimate good, eternal life. He didn't pray, Father, enlighten them so that they may realize what they are doing. He didn't pray, Father, lead them to make better decisions next time. 
And yet this prayer is what finalized Jesus' death. Jesus lived to die so that we might die to ourselves and live in Christ. Let me show you what I mean. Luke gives us clear indication that Jesus was keenly aware that his life was set apart for a great cause. Luke chapter 1 says that Jesus will be a Savior. Luke chapter 2 says that for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Luke chapter 2 verse 49 says, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be about my Father's business? Luke chapter 9 Jesus says the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And then in verse 44, the Son of Man is about to be delivered into the hands of men. Luke chapter 18 says, See, we're going up to Jerusalem and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished for he will be delivered over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and shamefully treated and spit upon. And after flogging him, they will kill him, and on the third day, he will rise. Yes, Cliff, we see that Jesus knew it wasn't going to end well. He knew he was going to die. But that doesn't answer the question of why he prayed this prayer asking for forgiveness for others. Why does Jesus pray to God, the Father, to forgive these people? Well, to forgive someone means that the guilt of what a person has done is removed from that person. To be sent away from that person Guilt is removed. So in essence, Jesus prays, Fathers, don't let their guilt remain upon them. Remove their guilt for sinning against you. They don't fully understand that I'm your son. And even though they're wrong in our sin, please remove the guilt from their account. So does God just remove the guilt? Does God the Father simply pretend that nothing ever happened? Does he instantly forget it? Well, no. To pretend that sin never took place would be admitting that sin is no big deal and that God is not worth all of our love and allegiance. So what does God do? God removes the guilt of the believer's sin from them and places it upon Jesus and punishes Jesus for our sin. And in that moment, it was coming true what Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. He who knew no sin became sin so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus knew that His prayer for forgiveness would cost Him His life. But Jesus knew from very early on that He was sent from the Father to die. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. God cannot answer this prayer of forgiveness unless there is a holy, perfect sacrifice. So His prayer was not a prayer of escape, but one of asking God to accomplish fully what had been determined in the heart of the Father from eternity past, that the Son would bear the penalty for God's people and purchase forgiveness for all those who would trust in Him. When you pray today, pray for Sam, Dawn, Zane, and Seth Freeman, our missionaries in the Philippines, telling the story of the Father's forgiveness. And also pray for the Cron Western Broadcast in the target area of Africa.